Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober podcast. This is episode 16. And um, as usual, we're going to start with a little check-in and say hello before we delve into our topic of uh, looking at different kinds of drinkers. Um, So, hi Mandy, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, Yeah, not too bad. A little bit sensitive today. I was saying to you before that uh, my dad had um, colon cancer last year, so we had that kind of um, hanging over for the last couple of years and he's just had a little little kind of a worrying uh, cyst that needs to be looked at so it's that mm. kind of thing of like going back on I'm sure it'll be fine it's very low risk but it's that kind of like <sighs> okay kind of so I'm feeling a bit like let's treasure life you know mm. oh, I'm um, sorry yeah no it's okay uh, and also I'm kind of working I've got this new job um, which is great. It's a job I can do in my pajamas, but <laughs> like it's uh, actually is that your criteria of... for like a good job yeah. these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am currently in my pajamas, um, and um, but it, like it just happened to fall that I start on the second week of half term, so I just feel a bit like frustrated because uh, my kids are like watching TV and it's kind of that screen screen nanny on, and I just I don't really like that kind mm. of. But anyway, yeah. You end up feeling like you're not doing anything really well. You're just kind of like doing everything really badly. Yeah, exactly. Mum guilt. Mum guilt, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you? How are you? (laughs) Yes. um, Well, we have talked about the latest drama. I need to write a book about my son really about all the stuff he gets up to but um yeah so I'm not I'm not going to go into it because that'll be a really long check-in again yesterday but um so yes that's all going on um yeah I'm all right though I think um I had like a really properly dreadful dreadful start to the day (laughs) this morning in terms of everyone shouting at each other and no one knew whether so all like all the kind of things I'd gone right we're going to check out what we're going to do the night before and we're all going to make lists and we're all going to be very responsible was basically like us all really yelling at each other like going where's the iPad where's the money I haven't got any money for the bus my my husband going please can you give me a lift to the station and then me going we can't walk the dog yet it's all just like so like they're all where they need to be now and I'm just sort of cherishing this kind of quiet in the house after all of that so yeah I'm all right (laughs) so okay our subject today yeah so I was thinking uh, about this for a couple of reasons um Kind of being on social media, obviously you see people that kind of uh, make uh, their first steps into sobriety and then some of them uh, go back to drinking and it can it can feel quite frustrating or kind of quite upsetting. And then um, and friends, too. And I definitely was that uh, person. I was thinking about this um, need to give a little thanks to expat if you're on soberistas you'll know that um, expat is a uh one of the founding <laughs> founding mothers of soberistas we can say and probably the person that i've known for the longest throughout my kind of sobriety journey and she had 
to go through that with me kind of time and time again of me going um I think I'm gonna give you know I think I'm gonna be all right and give you know drinking a go kind of thing and then her sort of having to suck it up and go "Mm -hmm, okay Mandy you know I'll speak to you in three months when that doesn't work out yeah how's that gonna go for you yeah yeah (laughs) and um and then I was thinking about when I was in the States, they talk about normies. So, you know, there's normies and us, basically. So there's, there's, there are those people that can drink every now and again. And it's the kind of elixir of person, you know, when you're sort of uh, still a drinker of like, I, I want to be a normie, you know. Mm. And so who are these fucking normies? Um <laughs> and how do they be, the, you know, these people that have sort of no relationship with alcohol? Mm. Uh, and so that kind of came me into, to, came me? <laughs> so, um, that sort of started me on this, this thought of like, of giving different drinkers a name. So I came up with a, a few to start with. So I came up with um, nonchalant. So the people that kind of know that they drink a lot but they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had the curious. So those that perhaps, um, you know, have recognized that there's a problem or are starting to think about that. They don't really like uh, what alcohol does to them. Um, but they don't really know what to do with that. Uh, and then obviously there's the normie who are the people that, um, drink very rarely so mm. you know drink at a wedding and then could not drink for another couple of months and just don't think about it mm. uh, and I don't think there's very many of those to be honest like I was trying to think of how many actual real normies that I know yeah in I life. don't really know I think I probably know one or two I think I know one or two I've got a friend who's a um runs marathons and she's mm. extremely extremely sporty um and so she just wouldn't even consider mm. drinking in terms of, you know, her sort of uh, sport. And she will occasionally have a glass of wine, but she would have one and that's it and, and not See, think I about think it anymore. Normies, when I sort of was thinking about, like, you know, this this whole normie and people who don't, you know, I think, well, we'll go on to talk about how confusing normal drinking is supposed to be. Mm. Is that I think normies people who don't actually really like alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so if you actually like it, you're not normie. But anyway, I might be wrong. But I, I sort of yeah. was thinking about that to myself. But certainly not fussed about it. Like yeah. not fussed. And I know I don't know many people who aren't quite fond of it or having problems with it or both. Yeah. You know. Anyway. For sure. And uh, yeah. And I have another another couple of friends that really you know don't yeah I guess that's true you know they're just not bothered about Mm. it so um but you have to recognize that those people drink very little yeah it's like so they're you know they have no dependence or no kind of relationship with alcohol because they don't drink it very often yeah um and that doesn't mean to say that a shift in their lifestyle or shift or, or some sort of trauma or some sort of you know problem with mental health could absolutely shift that in a in a different mm. way um so I think that's really timeline. important to say I think yeah. there's a timeline thing isn't it because I think we'd like to all think when we start out as teenagers at the beginning of the drinking career as we call it yeah which is a quite a weird one that that we all think that we are normies because it's a very normal thing to do 
Yeah. So maybe there's a timeline progressive thing. But anyway, I'll go go on with what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, so so that was it. So I had normie, um, nonchalance. So I think a lot of people are nonchalant, um, curious, um, lost. So those are the people that really you know, um, are struggling with alcohol, mm. uh, and then denial. So denial is the, the group that kind of, um, think they've got over their problem and go back, um, mm. to drinking. So I shared this list with you and you, you had some reservations about my terminology, um, <laughs> which is, not like which me, is fine. <laughs> no, but this is why we have these discussions to, to turn yeah. it around and, and to make it, fit the best we can for the the biggest amount of people um what I think just to just before we move on to your um how we revise the list I think an interesting thing to say about this is all of this is about behavioral choice uh not about disease language so Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about you know um alcohol being a disease uh, which no. some which it can be referred to uh, which we've talked about before in terms of that being very kind of um takes away a lot of power from mm. someone and for many um, people and it is not it's not a medical well this is again what what we go back to the the black and white the binary model of well there's just normal drinkers and alcoholics and alcoholics look like this and they are they have a disease and you know this isn't this is again moving back to the gray area isn't it and much Mm. more nuanced kind of conversation about what happens when you use a drug yeah so and and that's really great I think because that's really moved on from when I first went on soberistas when I first stopped drinking in earnest with any kind of support this is like completely like changed and now I don't feel like I'm kind of really trying to hammer home that point all the time I am out in the normal world (laughs) in real life still with people who who don't think about it or maybe are unconcerned drinkers or whatever still but on in the sober world I don't feel like I have to kind of really labor that point anymore which is Mm. a relief actually anyway yeah. sorry yeah we went no no so so that was my list so it was yeah. normie nonchalant curious lost denial mm. so you you uh you said that you have a problem with the word denial so let's yeah. uh, explore so that. I'm happy with the nonchalant and unconcerned drinker I see mm. that a lot or the normie with like one or two like you know my aunt whatever her name is which who I won't mention who occasionally has a bit of gin that's fine yeah so she might be a normie the nonchalant and unconcerned drinker who actually could be drinking shit loads but they're not concerned about it so I see a lot of them yeah yeah because that's normalized in our culture so there are no reference points apart from worse hangovers that might challenge that behavior for you if you if you're not that bothered and I see that kind of more in men than I do in women and I think uh, and I think that you know quite a lot of this as you say follows the timeline because you know when you start out yeah you you know you are a normie kind of like and I don't believe you start out with a predisposed uh you know problem genetic kind of yeah yeah I I, mm. yeah I mean perhaps I'm wrong that's my opinion you know mm. but I just don't I don't believe that I think it's the the drug that works on you not that you work with the drug mm. as it were uh, and then I guess, you know, when you are a teenager, you are nonchalant mm-hmm. because, because that's just how you are. And that's in a way sort of 
okay too do you know what I mean Mm. when you're sort of 18 you're experimenting with things you've got a very low kind of um, understanding of risk Uh, I mean like I think if you if you we go back to that life cycles thing that I talked about with Mm. my my doctor and that fits into that when you're um, when you're young you know you throw yourself sledging down a, a mountain on a what do we used to use on like a, a plastic, <laughs> yeah, plastic bag or, or a tray? Yeah, um, it's not, yeah. not a high chance of doing that now. You no. know, um, and and I guess that is exper- is about sort of exploring your borders mm. and exploring your kind of li- yeah. limitations, isn't and it? And alcohol is the the accepted and expected rite of passage and drug for teenagers to do that with. They yeah. are. It's not happy if you like smoke loads of dope or that you you know take other stuff but it's still accepted that you know that at some point you'll come home and puke all over the hall carpet and and you'll get tucked up in bed and that's all part of your learning it's all like oh well yeah so it's still accepted that that's quite normal isn't it so again how are we going to get these checkpoints externally Mm. That, that that is not not normal in inverted yeah commas. yeah yeah that's yeah. very interesting and I think that's a really key point of you know the sober revolution as it were mm. to look at those which I think Lucy's doing with looking at universities and yeah. and looking at those key sort of moments where you start to yeah. to drink or it become uh normalized for that to be your behavior yeah and the, and the harm and the potential yeah. harm and alcohol. once you're hooked into that behavior then mm. that's why even when you progress to adulthood where you should be calming down and 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 learning more about kind of caring for yourself caring for others caring for your children you know I was thinking this about my dad you know um it's it's normal for me to be in a more sensitive more secure um space that I am now that I don't drink to deal with the fact that my parents are getting older you know Mm. this is the life cycle of how it should be Mm. that I'm like yeah I am taking care of myself and it's okay that I go to bed at 10 o'clock because I've got kids and Mm. you know my parents are are getting older so I'm going to have a responsibility to look after (laughs) them that's kind of normal and Mm. this whole thing of us so I'm going on off on a rant here but this whole thing of us having to keep young. You yeah, know, I was going to say, it's the sort real of the worship of youth, the cult of youth, really, that we yeah, that absolutely. are messages for women, especially, again, yeah. looking... Yeah, and that, that is yeah, part that, of that. That is feeds that you're supposed into that to, message, doesn't it? Yeah, you're mm. supposed to be partying like you were when you were 21. Yeah. Uh, when you're mid, mid-30s mid mm. and you've got two kids and a full-time job. Like, no wonder we're having problems with depression and burnout. Like, yeah. it's not a sustainable lifestyle. And do uh, you lifestyle. find that, that I've had some occasionally someone say to me, oh, you know, you've changed, like it's a bad thing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank, thank God. Because <laughs> if I hadn't changed, I'd be a fucking nightmare. It's yeah. called growing up, you know, and growing up is all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and that's something that was hugely mm. like, you know, took me a really, really long time to accept. Mm. Um, you know, they, that's okay. And I still get messages from people like, oh, I think other people think I'm really boring, or you know, I'm going to leave the party at ten, and I don't know what people are going to think but I really want to you know be good in the morning and not have a hangover and spend time with my kids it's like well that's that's what you should be doing when you're mm. 40 you know and you're yeah it's all right you've got other you've got other priorities so anyway rant over um so yeah so that, that's the nonchalant the, 
that's the nonchalant yeah yeah um so denial sorry get back but, to oh that. yeah then the concerned drink oh yeah no so so okay so the concerned drinker or the sober curious or the hopeful reformed or the denial mm. um the reason I don't like the word denial like this came up on a sober forum the other day and, and I think it's it's one of these psychotherapeutic words that I really, really hate. It's a bit like the ego as well. I just feel like that's really simplistic. And I think that all of this is more nuanced and complex than that. And so people have said that if you have, if you don't say that you're an alcoholic, say, on a sober forum, then you're in denial. But I think it's more a case of actually, or that you're in denial for years and then you suddenly realise, and it's like, well, actually... I would say, bearing in mind all the conflicting and confusing information we are uh, exposed to, or the different messages about what's normal, what isn't, what we're supposed to be doing, what we're not, it can be genuinely confusing for many, many, many people. And there isn't any support until you're really quite sick, really quite poorly. Mm. And then everyone goes, oh, let's all freak out and tell you you've got to give up drinking now. And it's probably really late on in that in that trajectory for you to be unhooking from that so it's a real crisis measurement and so people are confused <laughs> do you know what I mean they're not necessarily mm. in denial about it I, I, I don't know I just feel that there's a lack of compassion with that world that do, word that doesn't take into consideration society's responsibility advertisers yeah. responsibility it makes it all like this you on your own in denial you stupid person you know and I, I really really have a problem with that word but that could just be me that could just be me and my sensitivity no no I think I think you're right and we so we we started to rename the list didn't we so mm. we've got the the normie um to then the nonchalant um and then you have the sort of the worried controller we said or the concerned yeah drinker. And between those two points, uh, I think, is is the key area of kind of, uh, of things to deconstruct mm. between kind of being nonchalant and um, yeah. a worried, concerned drinker. What's because, happened to tip that point? What's happened yeah. to raise that awareness or stop it kind of working in inverted commas for you? Yeah. And we talked about all sorts of, of different you know, models, perhaps, which is why you can't compare yourself to someone else, because you're all coming from it from from a different point of view. Like it might be, as you said, the, the weekend binge drinker, mm. you know, or it could be the fact that you um, are kind of a, a regular dependent, codependent with your partner, you know, mm, as I, I was, you know, like, a half a bottle of wine every night um, and then, you know, a bottle or more at the weekends. Um, mm. And before you is... know it, you've that looks all very civilised, but you've clocked up and enough units for it to carry, carry some health, significant health risks at that point. Yeah. And I think there's a great lot of kind of uh, papering over the cracks, like we talked about before with the marketing at mm. that point. So it's like, okay, if you are not having immediate negative results like okay you've got the hangovers would be uh, one of the flags wouldn't it my hangovers mm. got just hideous four-day hangovers from drinking a bottle of wine so I couldn't really ignore it at that point because mm. I'm like oh my god I'm going to spend the whole week feeling shit because of one night you know so it could be that 
but I think that's quite interesting, those regular codependent sort of let's share a bottle of wine and then it's all looking very normal, isn't it? It's all mm. but at that point you're still not um you know, you're still not immune to the the cancer risks and all the rest of it really at that point. Um and, but you interestingly, know, yes. sorry, no, I was gonna I... say that I, this takes me back to Jack Trimpney with the Rational Recovery, Jack Trimpney's book, Rational Recovery and the Founder of Smart Movement. Basically, he identified the beginning of what he calls addiction between those two points. So mm. his thing was like, there are millions and millions and millions of people indulging in substance abuse, which is that non un, but aren't concerned about it so they don't mm. have that tug of war they don't have that that thing in their head that goes okay I want to change this oh shit I can't all right I'm mm. not going to do this oh no I can't so at that point once you have the tug of war once you have the dialogue I guess mm. and so that would be a concerned drinker that's at the point where he says the addictive relationship actually starts Again, I, I find that quite interesting. You know, that that was years ago in the eighties that he was coming up with that, and I hadn't heard that filter through onto any kind of. Well, you know, when I went to Ad Action um, before I found Soberistas, because I was concerned about my drinking. I mean, they they didn't even sort of talk to me about it. That's one of the ones that sort of said, "Oh, I think you should moderate," you know, because I was. Mm. I, I, look, I looked kind of borderline to them and they didn't sort of really hadn't filtered through to actually you're already in that relationship and you would be better to be free of that, mm. you know. And what's quite interesting, you know, I, I mean, people openly, you know, friends of mine uh, that still drink and have listened to the podcast, you know, and, and they're really supportive. And I had lunch with a few friends um, in London over the summer and they were like, you know, they're sort of like, oh, yeah, it's really good, really interesting, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I've even ever considered, like, not having a glass of wine. You know, so it's that, that, that jump from I'm doing this behaviour, mm. but I'm completely uh, not willing to even recognise it or willing to even uh, address it because I guess it, 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 it wasn't painful to them at that yeah. time. Um, but then when it, when it does become a bit darker, you know, which it has done with, uh, some friends, how, you know, that's so difficult, that mm, point of like, right, it's really okay, difficult. I, I, I feel it a bit now, but yeah. I don't know how to carry on, you know, to, to move forward from you that You know, point. and this is that key point, I think. So that, that kind of worried, cur- that worried drinker, concerned drinker into then looking sober curious, that segue into that, for me, that is a really dark time because mm. that's at that point where, well, for me, I, I again, I think it's changed because of things like Club Soda, Soberistas, mm. what's happening on Instagram, is yeah. that actually you, you can find people now, but definitely for me when I was starting to go through that, there was nothing. There was AA or Ad Action, which mm. just felt so awful. I was so ashamed. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I was like, okay, I'm a nice middle-class girl <laughs> with my children and, you know, my writing, and yet I'm having to trundle off to this place. And then yeah. to actually be told I could probably moderate. You know, that was pretty shitty. Um, yeah, and it was a, a really dark time for me. You know, I don't want to rubbish that. They probably do amazing stuff with people. But, again, I, I didn't 
find any support. So at that point, often people can feel really, really alone because there there wasn't any anywhere to go with that and there wasn't the support. Like yeah, I mean, I guess there that's, is now. That's, so yeah, you can come and listen to the podcast. Join our gang. So then we we so we talked about that. So you, then obviously you've got that juncture point, haven't you? That some people will go back to will continue to be worried c- control drinkers for mm. however long, hopefully not forever. Um, and then some people will find that strength or support, you know, and decide to be to give up alcohol that that's you know that the moderation isn't going to work control drinking isn't going to work it's exhausting um they've read that book they've you know followed the person and uh they give up drinking you know and this is where this came from there's this moment of denial and i guess it yeah. was a you know personal reaction to a certain you know to, to people going back to drinking because it's mm. it it, it, you feel like you've kind of lost you know it's like the, their journey is their journey it's not you know but I, I feel that I guess it's that empathetic side mm. um so let's not talk about denial you know this is the people that and me included and you included yeah. that did some sober time and then thought right I've yeah. cracked this um mm-hmm. I can drink every now and again so we took we we renamed it from denial to the hopeful reformed, which is a nice, uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> a little bit more compassionate. Yeah. But you know, I think there's a thing to say there that you know because of the sort of I remember when I did, um, someone said to me they said that I was in denial the fact that I was an alcoholic. This was on a sober forum, and I was just really upset. Mm. <laughs> and I've had I've spoken to people recently because for me. Oh, that I'd relapsed. So the language was, you have relapsed Mm. and you are in denial because you are an alcoholic. It was label, Mm. label, 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 this, this and this. And I, for me, I was like, well, I've done a year sober. And so I am curious and I'm not sure. And so therefore I'm going to test this. And I do think it is in human nature to... I think there's a few things going on. I think there was sobriety fatigue. I think there was, I didn't have enough tools. I was giving up with the willpower method. But so there was actually, uh, there was a backstory to that decision. There was a summer of enormous stress. Mm. So there were other issues going on. Um, But I think that's what was going on rather than I was in denial and yeah. had relapsed because I was an alcoholic. Again, it's like, I'm sorry, but you can slap that label on people, but that's not really going to help, is it? Let's get to grips with what what's really going on. Um, so, yeah, that's why I didn't like the word. Yeah, denial. no, and I, think, I think you're right. because <laughs> it's not um, enough inquiry with that, that those words, almost. I don't know, for me. Yeah, I guess it's, it's the fact that, you know, I know for me, coming back, you know from that happy place that I was uh, after a year and being so happy and so content that I thought I Correct, I yeah. was going to, yeah, mm. I was going to drink. And that thing of kind of putting alcohol, it's, I guess it's that frustration that there's still this, this want to keep alcohol in your life. Mm. And so it was like, um, and I guess it's that, that frustration. And, and, you know, I've got a couple of friends that it's taken them, 
three or four five years to mm. stop drinking again because yeah. once you let it back in oh my god yeah you've got you've got that whole thing of like um of being able to easily assimilate back into mm-hmm. um you know normal society that mm. to then pick yourself up and go actually I don't want to do that and I made a mistake and I want to be sober is really tough and so I guess that that's where that kind of frustration of using mm-hmm. that word denial came from because it's just like you know but you you don't know where you need to be and yeah, yeah. But, but do you know at the what? Same I, time, I, 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 I feel it's, like it's at, journey, at that point, like... I would say that, you know, like, because we both did that, didn't we? We did sober time and then we went back to drinking. And it was awful. Mm. <laughs> and I, it like, it took me ages to properly kick it again. And again, the society would think oh, I was doing great. You know, I drank about once a month, probably a bottle of wine. So it was a monthly binge, really. But it didn't look too mm. bad. It looked quite like I had cracked it. But internally, oh, my God, it was hideous. And I felt shit. And um, and it is difficult to get back on the sober bus. It really is, I think, because of like all the things that you said. Mm. And um, it was rich with learning. Like, I think yeah. I did most of my learning but it was really tough and it was like I kind of I think I've said before like I it was like testing hypothesis what happens if I drink under these situations what happens if I do it like this what happens if I do it with just my mum <laughs> yeah. my poor mum that's quite a lot of pressure to put on her <laughs> do I get really wankered if I'm with my mum no but then I will do a week later because I'm still back in the old kind of thing and I think what we both came to is that no matter how much self-development you do or how much you learn you interacting with that drug once you've passed a certain point in your physiology with it in your behavior Mm. with it nothing it doesn't actually change and it was like oh god it took me 18 months to realize nothing fucking changed yeah and it was really gutting to me and I yeah three three years i think uh, yeah was it three years for you yeah okay yeah i think so two and a half years or something and it is gutting Um, because you kind of you want to be it's like alan carr sort of said in his book it was like you can't go back if you're doing it this method once you've gone back kind of the spell's broken or something and i feel like that i was like my magic bubble and my magic circle has been broken like it's been breached what can I do to get back and that's what I'd say to people even though I sort of uh, I'm you you know no regrets you can't have regrets about your journey can you because it's what no. brings you up to now but I don't want to have to doff my cap and be hugely apologetic it was my journey however I've completely forgot what I was gonna say <laughs> however i guess it's 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 frustrating that you had to to, to do that do you know what i mean it's like yeah and i wouldn't i i just wouldn't recommend it no i mean that's the thing so do what i say and not what i did yeah i mean i think that's that's the thing is it's um and and if you're looking to to more extreme kinds of um problems with alcohol you know when people have gone back to drinking, you know, like I've heard stories of people being like seven years, 10 years, you know, yeah, um, and then they go back to drinking and then, you know, having to come back from that point. Mm. But I think you're right. I mean, I think um, 
it's very important to take away that sort of shame and that that, that negative mm. language and I'm really glad we had this conversation because mm. it's so true that you know at the end of the day like um you know I remember I I was really really obsessed with my my number of days yeah right day the count, first yeah. the first time and the second time Me too. and the second time it was it was tough you know because it was just like I've been here before yeah. and now I have to be like yay 100 days and and you feel um, much more than that don't you yeah exactly but, and it was and, and yeah. going back into sober forums it's just like I've been on this you know I've been here for five years like I know all this stuff I just mm. you know I had to test the theory yeah. um and you know and I think there has been a shift as well with that to sort of be like oh you know let's talk about it as a journey or talk mm. about it as uh, an experience rather than you, failure you failed yeah. yeah you failed and now you're you're back on track kind of thing. do you know it's almost like I feel like the words you know those relapse and all the rest of it works almost like as a preventative thing so like if it's you going um you know it's almost like trying to scare people not into doing it but if you yeah. have done it then I don't think that that it works do you know what I mean does that make any sense so like, what? so like, to have that kind of harsh kind of structure, sort of works works better almost like because you don't want to. It's almost like a preventative sort of thing. But but for people who have, and I know so many people on the kind of journey who have, you know, I knew somebody who had. She actually does refer to it as a relapse into two years, but she still counts it as she's a, she's three years now because it was mm. like a one-off um, and it wasn't going to happen again. She was just like, no, it was shitty. I'm not going to do it again. And she hasn't. So um, it's almost like, but it's fine. But if you're going to call it, re- how are you going to deal with it? I suppose that's the thing. How are you going to deal with it if you do, if you do test it or you, if you do, Go back it, to it or, you know what I mean? I think it also, um, it ties into this um, gradient scale or this kind of, um, you know, it's not black and white. I think if you mm. were with your drinking that you would call yourself an alcoholic, that you did go to rehab, that you did have to have intervention, yeah. you know, that it was uh, majorly affecting your health and your lifestyle, Um you know that it's like a hard border isn't it let's not get into brexit but um you know yeah it is it is actually different than if you are a very early gray area drinker who shouldn't do it for mental health issues Mm. and your so your relapse would look like um you know a bottle of wine Mm. to yeah like it, yeah. it is it is a gradient and it, and it is different and it'll be kind but, of yeah yeah but but saying that I don't, I don't think the results are any different I mean I mm. just uh and and that's why it's frustrating because it's like yeah okay like I can sit on my pedestal and be like you know I, I never drank vodka in the morning and you know so um mm. it wasn't that bad ma, 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 ma. Uh, so I can have this journey mm. but it still comes up with the same results is that on my life is better without alcohol. And I still, um, had a relationship with alcohol and like, I should never have drank again, Mm. you know, 
and I, you know, and I do still have that, like, my friend Nia, who was my first friend on Soberistas, she just celebrated five years. Wow. And it's like, woo for her. Yeah. All for string. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't, I mean, I, we have to do it the way that we do it, for sure. Um, but it never changes. Mm. The thing, yeah, no, it it doesn't change. And I think that's the thing. There's almost like the conversation that I want to have with people to go, don't ever do it. But without, Mm. but knowing that if I, you know, my, that there's something valid in in your own journey and and kind of that's life, isn't it? You've got to kind of go to do what, what feels authentic to you. Mm. But I think hopefully once there's more conversation about the whole of the grey area and more support for that grey area and more dialogue and, and society shifting to so that sobriety isn't, you know, seen as this kind of awful thing, but actually it's brilliant and that you are well connected, you're getting all your needs met, it's fabulous, it's seen mm. as a positive thing. You then you're well, if all of that was in place, maybe less people would go, Oh, well, I think I'm fine now. Because why would you? Yeah, you might be fine, but it doesn't matter anyway. Because why bother? So, I think that's what my hope is that that's the sort of danger of the sort of the gray area relapse, if you like, or the gray area testing that 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 sort of danger Mm. zone there, which I think is changing. I think that, that that it's becoming more of a an attractive, beautiful thing that everyone can see the benefits of. So it's an aspirational thing, not just an inevitable rock bottom choice, which again yeah. is that. And I think I think that kind of, you know, the mm. fact that we're having more, more discussions about mental health, yeah. uh, you know, it becomes very, it, becomes, it's, it has become much easier for me to describe why I don't drink, mm. um, you know, and why uh, there's a sector of society that would be better living without alcohol mm. is because I can list various different situations and various, you know, it, it, about dependency, about habitual use, about depression, anxiety, postnatal mm. depression, um, trauma, recovery, you know, um, life experience, mm. um, the models that you've had a, as parents or just how it makes you feel you know, we couldn't have those as reasons to stop drinking before. It was like you only stop drinking if you were an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, – but I think it's very interesting for people to to think about that. And, and also we're going to talk about this next week, but um, the whole um, what to say to people. Yeah. Um, but I think um, – that really factors in when you're talking to that person, if you un- have some sort of understanding in your brain of what sort of drinker they are, yeah, it's going to have a huge sort of impact on, on how receptive they are going to be to your message and what you say to them. Because if they're like a nonchalant binge drinker who doesn't give a shit, um, there's no point sort of entering into a long dialogue about, yeah. you know, you're drinking and mental health. We've just got to keep it short and sweet because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Uh, for me anymore or I can't handle the hangovers mm. you know you have to kind of pitch it to a level that they're going to understand I guess and I think about like you know other people might have different uh, like what we're talking almost archetypes of drinkers aren't we we're talking mm. about and um 
uh, you know, to fi- figure out where you are on, on that. So rather than those those tick boxes that we talked about before about how many units, you know, are you a weekend binge drinker and are you concerned? Are you mm. uh, daily and really, really quite poorly and, mm. you know, in the morning? Like what? So therefore accessing what level of support you might need do you know mm. what I mean so if you are sober curious like yeah get on the sober forums get on soberistas listen to the podcast you, do you know what I mean I think yeah to identify where yeah what 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 do you identify with and if you don't like I would say it's worth getting to know it you know we were talking mm. about getting I think Lucy last week was saying get to know this your sober identity yeah it's good to know isn't it it's all information about well what what am I as a drinker yeah. you know how and and it, it again all of this is for me because I'm a very aware oh god I don't know I feel so um uh responsible for the words that come out of my mouth around mm. this because it's fraught with risk because I've seen suffering because I've suffered myself because I I worry about people because yeah you know I don't I don't want to turn anyone off I don't want to say this one one thing that that might go to someone oh well that's fine then they went back to drinking after a year so I will because I'm like no don't do it don't fucking do it um you know what I mean so I I I just feel like you know have that information have that conversation get support reach out do you know what I mean yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, um, and if it's not working, one, for you, it's not one working conversation for you. can can really have a massive impact. I know it did mm. with me in the past. Just sort of having that one conversation about oh, fucking moderating and be like, well, they can do it, so I can do it. You know, and then just, and I think this is the thing I've come back to of like it's remember that it's an addictive drug it's yeah. just like on all of this yeah you know we can talk yeah. about the spectrum and we can talk about all this but there is that link of something of you know that um, progresses and it's addictive yeah. and the other thing that I was going to say about you know the if you're that in that gray area the concerned drinker the sober curious the hopeful hopefully reformed or, or something you know we, we were saying before that <laughs> And I remember talking to Jolene about this as well. Jolene, parts of um, healthy discoveries. Healthy discoveries, and we both just sat there and just went, "Yeah, I totally know what you mean." And it was like at some point internally, this is why the conversation with yourself is so important. At some point, we both crossed a line in ourselves, mm. and once you've done that, it won't ever. It actually never. It doesn't change. And no. she was saying, you know, it isn't the disease model, but it is something physical in that you have built. Well, we've talked about this before. Built those neural pathways. You've lit up those those neurons. You have that memory blueprint, that go to response in your body, in your mind, of years and years of drinking. So you are not. It's not just going to undo. No. It, it isn't even with all the behavior stuff that that won't undo those neural pathways so that that's it really it's like the, the horse is out the stable yeah you'll never be a normie no you because won't you nev- no, and like you because said, you never drank like a normie no like. and controlling it is not the same as having good boundaries or being a normie yeah. and at that point you 
okay, you could then like, so that's one what was on offer to me of trying to then uh, have that period of, okay, well, I'll look like I can control it. I can control it. I can write my units. I'm back into that bullshit. And it's mm. like freedom surely is better than that. Once you've crossed a line, you're into the control period and that's a ball ache and yeah. not very much fun. So you, you know, the freedom, the alcohol free is, is so much better than that. There's a good um, chapter in Catherine Gray's book, you know, The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober about that, mm. about her diaries of, of, of unit writing, you know, mm. and I, I've definitely I got diaries of, of unit writing and, oh yeah, yeah, mm. it's not worth mm. it. Uh, you know, yeah, so that's what the whole moderation and then trying it on again will look like for you again at the very best Yeah, will be all of that kind of you know ball ache really yeah it's not exhaustion yeah yeah and yeah okay yes okay um uh normally we finish with your uh reason to love stober and your tip of the day so would you like to go first because you always ask me and then I go I haven't got one and then it's and then you <laughs> that's, then my, ta- that's my, my tactic to think of one myself <laughs> um okay uh tip of the day um well my last tip of the day was that to to get involved with Instagram photo challenges um which I forgot that actually by the end of last year I, I, I didn't do it very well because actually I don't work very well to have something structured every day. Um, so I do apologise to Alison but, um, who uh, set up the challenge, but I have been really, really lame and I just kind of every few days I've just like whacked on three photos and I just haven't had the time to, my brain doesn't work in that way. Like if I get an inspired thought, I can't necessarily sort of attach it to something. So the tip of the day is do what works for you um, Mm. and, you know, not pleasing others, but do what works for you (laughs) because I'm clearly not very good at those photo challenge things. And you, Kate? Um, Well, I've been, I've thought of one now. (laughs) Is that... I've been thinking more and more in terms of energy. Now I'm going to start like being all crystal healing around. Are you going to get hippie on me? Maybe. But no, it's almost like maths, isn't it? Like it was because it came from that thing, me saying I was drained by Facebook last week and you were like, I'll just delete it. So I have done. And realizing, yeah. And realizing that um, I have, to be a little bit more skillful about where I spend my energy and yeah uh, and so that feels really good and I and I think that it would be just look for your pests which are your mm. personal energy sink what are they traps or something personal energy mm-hmm. sink traps I could call them so what is draining you and oh I like that and just like fuck that one off for a bit yeah no that's good I like it I haven't okay. heard that before pest okay. okay reason to love sober um for me well it was just that chat really I just really enjoyed that chat about um about that and kind of yeah just thinking about these things and 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 trying to move forward in in discussing sobriety in the modern world you know yeah um, 
think that's really uh, I, I'm, I feel really privileged to be part of that conversation you know and yeah, to be sober too. yeah <laughs> like, me too you know and not to be having that head fuck bloody moderation writing down my how much I drank and saying mm. I'm not going to do it tomorrow anymore <laughs> yeah I am I suppose that would be my my reason to love sober is the fact that the conversation has moved on so much and that I'm not still stuck in that thinking it's completely normal to drink so therefore there's something wrong with me so therefore I must work really really hard and look I'm almost controlling this so I'm obviously not too bad and on and on and on this justification to keep interacting Mm. with with like an addictive drug just because it is we accidentally sort of fall into it is this kind of rite of passage I think Holly Whitaker said that on the Unruffle podcast like to challenge Mm. that you know that very notion that we we just accidentally fall into it as this given rite of passage into adulthood and then Mm. spend years unpicking it and it's like but but without any help other than these very extreme models that we've got and so to be able to have a friend who I can sit with at the computer and just go, yes, I know, and this and that and the other, you know, and maybe yeah. there's other people out there on sober forums and on Instagram and, yeah, I still haven't met that many in real life um, because I'm not. Because <laughs> we only like... exist in the cyberspace. No, but I... You sound like you live in a cupboard. I've met many in real life. You <laughs> have met. Yeah, I haven't. To be met fair, I live in a small town, so not, I haven't. Not many Instagram people. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. I've met lots of soberistas now. And now, and it's so great, isn't it, to be connected up so that we can um, meet up in real life because we know where yeah. to find each other now. So yeah. even though we used to live on the next street, and it took us to go through cyberspace to actually meet. That's yeah. Just so weird. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Good. All right, so, then. Um, yeah, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, as we, we said last week, you know, your GP is a good place to start, or um, alcohol concern. I had a bit of a look yeah. on their website, and they have got some really good resources on there. Um, and so if you're, you know, local agencies of support... And, yeah, just reach out and, um, yeah, have a good week and we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye. Bye.